From the Clark Ford Studio in Oxford, Mississippi, MVW Digital proudly presents the Oxford Exxon Podcast. I'd say thanks for tuning in, but why am I going to give you a round of applause for something you're supposed to do, to be frank? And now, here are your hosts, Chase Parm. And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCready. I deserve to be on TV. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of the Oxford Exxon Podcast. Chase Parm, Neil McCready, Clark Ford Studio this morning. Good to be back with you on the live stream after a, a day of mostly interviews yesterday. Again, Gabe DeArmond, Brad Henderson. If you missed that, you want to go back and, uh, and, and and listen to it. Obviously, Gabe talked a good bit about Ole Miss and Missouri last night in Como. Missouri hangs on, beats Ole Miss 71-68. Ole Miss now 13-13 and overall, 4-9 and nine at, in the SEC. And I think we can close the book on any possibilities moving forward, even in, uh, in, in standpoints of running the table. We'll look ahead to next year a little more as the days move on. Not today, but <clears throat> just in uh, in general for uh, for that program. Again, 71-68 last night, Missouri over Ole Miss. Tyree um, had a pretty good run there in a while. Ole Miss had a 12-1 run to kind of get back into it, but uh, it is what it is. So, anyway, that and more coming up on the show. Ole Miss baseball got rained out yesterday against Arkansas State. They, uh, they play Alcorn State today at 4 o'clock. I'm sure that'll be a nail-biter and a real fun one. Um, I say that. UNA happened last year, too. But anyway, Ole Miss, Alcorn State, 4 o'clock today. Greer Holston on the mound for uh, for the Rebels. So that is kind of your setup on the podcast brought to you every single day by the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West in Oxford. Ribs, lunch specials. Call ahead and get the ribs wet or dry. They'll pack them up, have them ready to go for you. With the lunch specials, four ninety nine, two sides of bread, 32-ounce drink. Go by, get a daiquiri, a lot of different flavors for you. A lot of sizes, including 44 ounces if you want a lot of daiquiri this morning. As cheap as $3.99, too, if you just uh, want a little bit of a hit of one. So, again, they're the Oxford Exxon, Highway 6 West, and coming to you from the Clark Ford studio. We are Clark Ford's in Amory, Mississippi, 662-257-1900 is the number. Call it. Ask for Corey Clark. Tell Corey what Ford product you're looking for. He'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours. Um, quote will be right to the bottom line. There's no hassle. There's no haggle. He's going to give you the best quote he can then the rest is up to you you can shop it around of course that's your prerogative or you can do what i've done what i recommend that you do and that's hop into a clark ford today you'll love the product you'll love the service after the sale Corey wants to be your car guy he wants to be a truck guy he'll prove that to you 662-257-1900 guests join us on the rafters music and food hotline uh this uh saturday be a a great place before um I guess between games, there's Ole Miss baseball during the day, Ole Miss basketball versus Alabama that night. Between games, after the game, I head over to Rafters, enjoy uh, their full bar. And then on uh, Sunday, if you're heading out of town or if you're getting ready to head over to uh, Swayze, brunch begins at 1045, homemade biscuits and chicken and waffles, uh, live bluegrass music, $2 mimosas, $5 famous Bloody Marys. And then don't forget, February the 25th, the Fat Tuesday party at Rafters, celebrate New Orleans style. With DJ Drum, they'll have hurricanes and daiquiris there uh, that day, that night at Rafters Music and Food on the Square in Oxford. So, uh, start with basketball. We'll talk a little bit about the uh, the NCAA Working Group's uh, transfer proposal that is going to end up getting passed. But nonetheless, uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Uh, also on the show, but again, last night, 71-68 Missouri over Ole Miss. The Tigers are now 13-13 as well, but they're 5-8 and eight in the SEC. Ole Miss falls a game back of getting out of that Wednesday night game. They are currently tied for 11th 
Missouri now in 10th in the last spot. Two teams will play again in Oxford later. Um, If the season ended today, Ole Miss would play Vanderbilt on Wednesday Wednesday night. night. That is correct. Yes, that is is correct. Tyree goes for 29 last night, uh, 8 of 17 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3. Hit his free throws, 11 of 12 last night. Ole Miss 23 of 30 from – from the line, but you know they spent a ton of energy to get back into it, and then Missouri again kind of made the plays late. I think I saw you right. Ole Miss now what one in five in five point games. They're uh, one in five, one in six, zero oh, in five in the yeah, league. That's right. Yeah, yeah. One in six in games decided by five points or less. Zero oh, in five in the league. At some point, that's not bad luck. You know, it's the opposite of the Auburn thing, where Auburn keeps winning those games, and everybody goes, "It's luck." It's not luck. I mean, at some point, it's more than luck. At some point, it's you're making plays at the end. This team, and last night was the first night that I think I started to kind of get a feel for what it is. They're so thin, and I just think late in games they're a little tired. The other team's a little fresher. Half a step here, half a step there. Playing Shot. six guys, really. Yeah, I mean, they they threw some other guys, got some minutes last night. Hunter came back, played a little bit last night. They just, you know, they're now 13 and 13. They're four and nine in the league. They lose close games. They kind of are what they are. They had a little run for a couple weeks. They uh, lost the momentum after uh, losing to, to Kentucky. And, and uh, last night was a night where they had to generate some of their own energy, and they never really could do it. Missouri built a little bit of a lead. Ole Miss would come back. I don't think Ole Miss led by more than two the entire night. I might be off on that. Um, they just – you know, this narrative is going to get tested. It's getting pushed out there a little bit that, you know, Brian Tyree is going to be easily replaceable. I mean, he's having an all-league season on a 4-9 and nine team. I don't, I, don't know that, I don't know that that's the case. You know, I, I look over at Arkansas, look at what they've done since they lost Isaiah Joe. They just lost games. And I wonder, you know, who steps up and, and, and gives those minutes, who steps up and scores those points next year. To throw Matthew Morell on that fire is not fair. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, and Morell's a really good player, but Morell's not a top 10 player. I mean, you know, Georgia added a top 10 player. Edwards might be one of the first two or three players taken in the draft, and they're not winning. So, I don't know. It feels, feels a little off to me. I mean, I think they're going to have to get in the transfer market and get a guard. I still want to see what happens with Devontae Shuler, who appears to be playing for – with a tremendous amount of just pressure on him. I don't know. I could speculate where that's coming from, I, I, but I don't know it. Um, he was ineffective last night. I don't know what his final line was, but he wasn't good. Um, they just – it's just not happening. They, they're not they're not able to win close games. And um, like you said a minute ago, the, the whole there's no, there's no storyline left on this team. People are like, well, what has to happen? I mean, when how many ever games in wherever city? They gotta, That's it. They got to finish. They got to leave Nashville on that Sunday as a conference tournament champion. If you think that's happening, then you know, good for you. You're an optimistic soul, and God bless you. They're not winning that tournament, so they're not going to the NIT. The season's going to end on Thursday or maybe Friday, maybe Wednesday in Nashville, and. Then they got to they got to go figure it out. They've got a a, a really big off season coming up because they uh, 
They've got to replace a lot of production in, in Tyree, and they don't have a lot of room to do it unless they uh, process a bunch of guys. And, you know, you got to get – the problem with counting on grad transfers is that impactful grad transfers have options, as they should, but they will. And um, you got to go find one who can come in and give you 15 to 20 a night, I think. Ole Miss has five games left in the regular season. Alabama at home, 7.30 on Saturday night. Uh, Auburn on the road, Vanderbilt at home, Missouri at home, and then at Mississippi State to close the season. So, Yeah. You know, they can still get out of that Wednesday, but that's about all we got as we move forward. Yeah, I mean, the whole what's the storyline moving forward, there's not one. The storyline starts to transition to the offseason, a, a huge offseason, because they got to figure this out. I don't know what the rebound margin was yesterday. They gave up a lot of second-chance points early or second-chance opportunities early. I, I didn't study a box score last night. It was late. Um, you know. Uh, rebounds, 34 for Ole Miss, 36 for Missouri last night. Offensive boards, 15-13 for the Tigers, 21 all defensive. What was second-chance points? Do you see that down at the uh, bottom of the box? I don't have that on the ESPN box. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, you know. They they kind of are what they are through twenty six games. This is, I think, for the longest time people like me tried to kind of give them the benefit of the doubt and say, "Boy, they just keep losing these close games if they could only get them, but they don't get them." And so you have to start searching for. Yeah, I mean, as a game, Ole Miss's largest lead in the game was two. That's what I thought. Yeah, that was it. Yeah. Twenty three percent from three. Three of thirteen. Yeah, I thought their shot selection was fine. They have a hard time creating offense. There were some moments when Tyree wasn't on the floor when they they could not create any offense. He has to be on the floor for them to have offense. And he's got about six or seven games left. And then he's gone. And I have real I, I really don't know where the scoring comes from. I mean, you know. It's a group effort. Nobody's about to go put thirty up. The two but. names that everybody throws are Morrell and Jarkel Joyner. And again, it's not it was an eye-opening post, I think, on the board last night. Somebody compared Morrell to other guys r ranked in that same thing over the years. Um, and all those dudes, for the most part, 8 to 12 points as freshmen. And my point being, it's yeah. still not 30. You're still having to right. find points in other places, even if he gives you what Tyler Hero or that kid from Iowa State did or whatever yeah. those dudes were in that, in that, in that yeah. round. I mean, if you told me as a sophomore or a junior that Matthew Morrell went for 23 points and was a first-round prospect i'd buy it but i don't i don't buy that as a freshman and the the joiner thing is i hope so i listen i say this all the time i cheer for oxford kids my kids all went to oxford i mean i, I like oxford i cheer for the chargers so i'd like to see him do well but he didn't have an sec offer out of, out of high school and so the whole he's gonna come in and, and go for 30 a night in the sec i mean i hope so be great for the kid be awesome for a Oxford high school kid to come in and be impactful in the SEC would be fun but I think that feels like a stretch I mean Brian gets points on all three levels he gets points at the basket he's an aggressive driver is very good at the basket he's as, as good in mid-range as I've seen in college basketball this season and uh, and and he hits the threesome so you're having to replace not only points, but you have to replace 
points from a lot of different ways on the floor. Secondary stuff pretty good last night for Devonte. He had eight rebounds. He was four to four to nothing and assist to turnovers, but zero for seven from the field, and missed one of his two free throws last night. Just a complete no show offensively. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, Devonte had a trying off season. Yeah. His father died. His family moved. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of pressure on him to to be successful in basketball from a financial standpoint to go pro. Tough deal, and they're not robots. No, no, they're not. Not at all. And he's – Devontae's a great kid. Uh, very, very kind of quiet. And I think he internalizes a lot of stuff. And this has been a hard year. And, and um, you know, had some foot issues early in the season. and So, I, I don't know. Just kind of hadn't caught breaks either. This team, not to beat up on them, they, they haven't caught breaks either. The Rodriguez injury was huge. Henson not having an offseason was huge. Um, you know, and then there's some guys that I think they were counting on to be better than they were. Crowley getting sick completely derailed his season because he had put on some weight. He lost it all. Now he's just he's ineffective out there. I think they expected more out of Bryce Williams at this point in the season. They're just not getting it. I think they expected more out of Sammy Hunter, and they, they're just not getting it. He did have a couple of moments last night where he looked good. Um and he's a young kid, and I think they knew that there would be a transition. I think they kind of hoped that by this point in the season he'd be further along. Uh, Hadim C is playing okay. I expect he'll be a better player next year. I think Buffin will be a much better player next year. I think Henson, assuming that his health holds up, will be a much better player next year. But they're going to have to get some scoring somewhere, and they'll benefit from getting Rodriguez back. Elsewhere in the uh, the SEC last night, Kentucky goes into Baton Rouge and gets a win to uh, stay one game ahead of Auburn in the SEC standings, two oh, now won. ahead what of LSU. That, what was that score? They led by 15 at one point. They led by 10 with like two minutes to go. They won 79-76. LSU made a huge run late. Kentucky does nothing but play close games and yeah. have teams come in late in the games. Um, I tell you what, though, Kentucky, from a stat standpoint, went into uh, the PMAC last night. If they're going to do this, they're pretty dangerous. They were 9 of 18 from three last night, yeah, uh, 50%. Yeah. So They haven't done that much this year. No, no, no. no. They're 21 and 5 overall, 11 and 2 in the SEC. LSU now 18 and 8, 9 and 4 in the SEC as uh, as well. Elsewhere, Tennessee looked like crap doing it, but they held off Vanderbilt at home 65 61 last night. Florida got the win they needed at home, hammering Arkansas 73-59 in Gainesville last night, and then obviously the Ole Miss game. So there's your uh, – Joe did not play in Gainesville, is that correct? Uh, I can look. I have no idea. It was not exactly I don't something think I, uh, I had on the television last night. Let's see. No, he did not. Arkansas yeah. played nine players, and he was not one of them. Um, including one guy that got has on the box score zero minutes. I'm not really sure how that works. If you play a second, you get a minute, don't you? I think so. I'm not sure how that all factors in. He did what, nothing else either. So. What did Mason Jones do in that game? Mason Jones played 40 minutes. Yeah, wearing him out. <laughs> he's exhausted. Uh, 7 of 16 from the field, 0 for 4 from 3, 7 of 10 from the line. He had three boards. He had five assists. He had four turnovers, and he scored 21 points. Yeah. Uh, they got 16 from Bailey. They got 10 from Witt Jr., and they got seven from Henderson, and their bench scored five total. What did Blackshear do? Blackshear... Because Arkansas played, has no was he internal. Hurt? Did he get hurt know. last night? He only played know. 12 minutes. That's kind of weird. Uh, maybe he got hurt. I don't know. Uh, 12 minutes on Blackshear, one of three from the field, uh, five boards in 12 minutes, uh, yeah. scored two points. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, no. He had four personal fouls in 12 minutes. Oh. Yeah, Arkansas can't uh, – they, they can't rebound. They're 
Andy Kennedy told me before the season, we were talking about different teams. I remember him; he was on a beer garden, and I mentioned Arkansas, and he said they'll get exposed in league play because they're just not big enough. And that's exactly what's happened. You take Joe off their team, and they just don't have enough. Mason Jones has played. Mason Jones and Brian Tyree have had huge seasons on disappointing teams. I hope, I hope for both of their sakes, especially for Brian because I've known him for four years, I hope he's not punished for the rest of his team's failure to do stuff. Brian's had a special season. He's a guy whose legacy, as time goes, will get better. But you see, look at the points. Yeah. You look at the stuff, and you know he'll get more credit for last year's you know tournament appearance. Two of and, my favorite kids in the league to watch are uh, Brian Tyree and Mason Jones. Just I, I love the way they play. They they give you everything they've got, night in and night out. They care. Brian, I think sometimes cares too much. Um, and and you see some of that from Jones as well. And and I like you can't help but cheer for those kinds of kids. I mentioned this to Neil before the podcast. Baylor goes into uh, Norman last night, wins 65-54. They're now 24-1, 13-0 in the Big 12 with a hodgepodge roster. I know Baylor basketball is not exactly easy to like, but that's a, that's a really interesting roster they have uh, there in, uh, in in Waco and a team that is currently ranked number one in the country. We'll, so, yeah. we'll, we'll see. I don't know. But it speaks to the fact that you talk about that tournament wide open because oh, Baylor's yeah. very beatable. I mean, that this th- this thing – if you like just the chaos of the NCAA tournament, this is going to be your year where a lot of maybe not well-played games, but close games and upsets and all sort of crazy crap happens throughout those oh, three yeah. weeks. Well, I mean, the ratings will be good on it because everybody will have their brackets and people's brackets are going to get whacked in the yeah, day yeah, one yeah. and all that stuff. The, you can bet on it and have fun. It'll be, a, it'll be a deal. There's a conversation in the thread about um, K.J. Buffin. Here's what's happening to K.J. on the offensive end right now is that he's been so thoroughly scouted at this point that when he's catching the ball on the wing, when he's catching the ball behind the arc, he's not being guarded. They're sagging off of him. He doesn't want to take that shot. He's not comfortable with that shot. It looks terrible. He ends up not doing it. Their offense hesitates for a moment. The ball sort of sticks. Yeah, he's a great driver, but the problem is when you're sagging off of him and he has help, the drives result in, in bad shots or charges. For KJ, his development, he's got to become at least a quasi-threat from the outside. He's got to be able to take that shot with some confidence and occasionally knock it down enough that a team has to defend it. Because right now, they're not even guarding him out there. And so when you have him and Column on the floor at the same time, teams can defend you differently. Because they, they don't mind if, if dude shoots it. And they want KJ to shoot it from outside because they know he doesn't want to shoot it. And so everyone's looking they're, they're just bogging down offensively. They don't have enough weapons on offense. It's it's so often 1 versus 3, 1 versus 4, and when you take Brian off the floor and nobody has the confidence to shoot it other than Henson, it just it's bogged down. It's it's like a car that's sputtering. It's moving, but you're just thinking, okay, the thing's going to stall out at any well, minute. It's kind of funny because you know people will kind of make fun of Blake's trigger a little bit, but if not, nobody'd shoot. I mean, yeah, you don't. Yeah, want, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah, the whole you don't want Blake shooting it. Well, someone's got to shoot it. I mean, yeah. you know, you'd love for some of Blake's confidence to rub off on KJ right now yeah. from the perimeter. You'd love for some of it to rub off on Devonte from the perimeter. Devonte played really, really well in Lexington when he knocked down a few shots and. Last night he couldn't get a shot to fall, and suddenly he doesn't want to shoot it. And you got – they're just looking for Brian, 
and Brian's exhausted at the end of games. Just had a wide open look there at the end that would have tied it and sent it to overtime, and he was short. He front rimmed it, which is usually a sign of legs, of, going, of legs going away. And I mean, Brian played thirty some odd minutes again last night, and I know the, the cumulative effect. They're 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 twenty five games into a schedule now. Yeah, people say, well, they're young. Yeah, okay, they're young, but you, you know, you feel it. In an ideal world, Brian's playing about 31 minutes. He's getting a few minutes here and there to catch his wind, and he's not. And so it, it does become cumulative. And to Conzo Martin's credit, give him some credit here, they they made him work on the defensive end too. That was part of their game plan to wear him out, and it paid off. Move along with our conversation in one minute. First, take by Community Mortgage, Oxford, Memphis, Settle County, and Chattanooga Underwriting and Processing. Is that in Memphis? Are you in local underwriting and understand your market? Leader in condo financing in Oxford, the float down option, and rates really good right now. Good time to talk to Jason, 662-234-2704 or J-L-O-W-E at communitymtg.com. We are uh, also brought to you by Whitney McNutt of Tommy Morgan Incorporated Realtors. She's serving all of your real estate needs in Oxford and Tupelo. Condos, land, commercial, and residential family homes, 662-567-2573 or 662-842-3844. We're also brought to you by Bluff City Advisory Group, dedicated to building the future you desire. Founded in Memphis in 2019, their team is comprised of established and seasoned financial experts who came together to serve individuals and families of their beloved hometown. They offer uh, quality advice, experience, and access to all their clients, and they invite an open dialogue beyond your annual review. They believe that everyone deserves financial security. No matter your level of wealth or financial goal, they will serve as an advocate and guide to grow a portfolio that is fruitful and sustainable for you. It's 901-365-3447 or email ben at bluffcityadvisory.com. We're also brought to you by Oxford University Bank, OUB, locally owned and operated right here in Oxford. OUB is home to the absolute best cash checking account. It's called Casasa, and with Casasa, OUB will pay customers 2.5% interest on their balances up to $50,000 and refund ATM fees nationwide. OUB also offers online bill pay and mobile check deposit using its online app. To learn more about OUB, check out liveoxfordbankoxford.com or call 662-234-6668. OUB is FDIC insured. Also brought to you by Grenada Nissan. If you're in the market for a Nissan vehicle, Grenada Nissan's the place to go. They've got a complete selection of new and previously owned Nissan vehicles. Great lease deals as well. It's GrenadaNissanUSA.com. And we're brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. If you've been thinking about a golf trip with the guys, an anniversary trip, trip to Florida, a trip to the Caribbean, whatever you've got planned for the summer, Get in touch with John. He's part of Virtuoso. It's a worldwide network of travel partners that allows him to supply his clients with uh, added values, unique benefits that are simply not available to other travelers. All you got to do is you give him some parameters. You give him a budget. He'll give you options. And no, you don't have to live anywhere near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email, jedwards at regencytravel.net. First-time clients save $50 off their first booked trip just by telling John you heard about Regency Travel on the podcast. And I've got a mailbag up this morning. It is brought to you by the Weston Jackson. Uh, the Weston Jackson, a Marriott property in downtown Jackson, home to Soul Spa, also home to Estelle Wine Bar and Bistro. All of that 
at the Weston Jackson in downtown Jackson. And if you want to read that mailbag, it's up at rebelgrove.com, which is a website that is uh, part of the rivals.com network. You should check it out. <laughs> Podcast also brought to you by Visit Oxford. Visit oxfordms.com. Go to the events page, everything going on in town this week from uh, theater events inside Meek Auditorium to uh, South Talks lectures, a couple of those this week. Tomorrow and uh, on Thursday as well. Those are uh, at the Tupelo Room of the Bernard Observatory during uh, during the day and night, 5.30 to 6.30. So, again, you can go to visit Oxford to see where to stay, where to eat, what to do, and see as well as the events page. You can stop by their location on Jackson Avenue. They've got uh, welcome bags and just uh, give you some ideas and things that maybe you're not aware of in town every single day. So, again, visit OxfordMS.com. Uh, so, let's talk about this. The... Um, Comes out yesterday that there is the, um, the likelihood at this point, I guess that's how I put it, that players will be able to immediately transfer without having to sit out, uh, barring a few stipulations in the sports, that that's currently not the case. Uh, you know, this actually, this exact parameter, these exact parameters are already in play for most Olympic sports. Um, essentially, every sport except for football, men's basketball, women's basketball, baseball, and hockey. Those are the ones that this does not apply, apply to already. But um, what it says is the working group, NCAA group thing, concept, they would change their waiver criteria to allow approvals for first-time four-year transfers, meaning you can't do this the second time. You get one free pass to transfer um, in all sports, just like the other sports, like I said, the Olympic sports, you already can do this if these things are met. You receive a transfer release from your previous school, so they have to they have to agree to let you go. Leave their previous school academically eligible, duh. Maintain your academic progress at the new school, duh. And then leave under no disciplinary suspensions. Those would be the rules that are again they're currently in place. That would be in place there. Um, it's a good move. It's the right move. Everybody's got some common sense here. It, I have no real issues. Um, I do think there's the chance that some conferences could muck this up a little bit. Nicole Arbach talks about it yesterday that there's the chance conferences put in stipulations to not allow cross-division transfers and some things along those lines. Um, the initial waiver process, as it currently sits, uh, would also still be in effect for second-time transfers and people who do not make this criteria. So the current rules would still be in place should you not meet some of these uh, these standards or all of these standards. This is very similar to, you know, baseball got lumped in with football and men's basketball and stuff probably 10 years ago, 12 years ago, something like that. They used to be a, a complete transfer immediately without having to sit out. Because I remember Andrew Clark, um, a big-time prospect out of out of Indiana, he came to Ole Miss in 2007, and he uh, he transferred after his, senior se- after his freshman season to Louisville because Dan had recruited him and he went to play for Dan yeah. at Louisville. Um, and I don't think he had to sit out. So it was right around there when baseball went into the football, men's basketball, hockey part of this. I've been advocating for something like this forever. Yeah, I have no problem with these rules. Nothing. Um, I, I think kids should have a one-time transfer. I don't think there should be stipulations on it. I don't mind academic stipulations. No, 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 That's no, no. I, 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 meant, yeah, I, meant, I meant if a kid from Auburn wants to transfer to Alabama. Oh, yeah, I don't care about that at go all. Go for it. Yeah, I, that doesn't bother me. Uh this doesn't bother me. The abs- I like the academic stuff in it. You have to be, you have to have a certain GPA or whatnot. That prevents a kid from just coming to a, a school and going, eh, screw it, and bailing in September. No, you got to finish the semester academically. It's good for the kids. It's good for people's APR. It's just good for the whole 
deal makes a kid give it more of an opportunity. I'm a little worried about this transfer release part of it. Um, that's, oh, that, I can that, see that, the that, Nick that, Sabans of the world going, I'm not releasing you. And that's I'll, I'll read here from Nicole. She did a really good job with this. Um, she goes, a school can't block someone from transferring, but it can block that person's attempt to get immediately eligible. The Pickwood piece of the puzzle is going to receive a lot of heat. The transfer portal was put in place so that players no longer had to ask their schools for permission to have contact with other schools about a transfer. Too many coaches and administrations were blocking their players from talking to potential transfer destinations. This is a similar issue, and it could become polarizing in the coming weeks and months for that reason. The thinking behind requiring the receipt of a transfer release as part of this process is it might be useful for the egregious cases of tampering. For example, if School B coaches were to camp out in front of School A football players' dorm rooms, School A might want the ability to block that player from getting to use the one-time transfer exception to play right away for School B. Officials will likely need documentation to prove tampering like that were it to happen, but they'd have recourse. Individual conferences will also need to set in, uh, intra-conference transfer policies. For example, could a UNC women's basketball player transfer to Wake Forest and play immediately if she's in good standing? Those are questions that still have to be answered. That's why all the people who are up in arms, and I said this yesterday on the site, in the end, I think this thing's going to get so bogged down. It bothers me. I, I don't like it. Like the kids that sign with Colorado. They should be able to go right They now. should have recourse, man. I mean, they, they signed. And, and when and Mike Farrell did it, and it was so dumb when he did it. And I, I get along fine with Mike, and I didn't say anything. But in case you're listening, Mike, this isn't personal. Kids sign with coaches. They don't sign with schools. They sign with coaches. And so when you signed with Colorado and then two days later, Mel Tucker's out the door, well, now you don't even know who your coach is going to be. That's not who you would have signed with. You should be able to get out. That's why I wonder sometimes why I'm more, I keep waiting for more kids to go. I'm not going to sign an NLI. But the kids who sign with Colorado, if they don't sign an NLI, they, somebody else does and they lose their spot. I don't think there's going to be Right now, what is, is it? One out of every three college athletes transfer. It's something like is that. Is it really? Oh, okay. It's really high. Okay. I don't think it's going to go up any more than that. My problem with it is not my problem with not letting kids transfer is I, I, the, the one thing I do not buy, and I know a lot of coaches say it, and I've had this argument with coaches. Oh boy, it sure makes roster management hard. You're making five million bucks. You got this massive support staff of people. Get over it. It what it does, I think, is it makes you have to treat your roster differently. It makes you have to manage your entire roster. What I don't see on there that I'm curious about is I do think barring cases like a head coach leaving, like Mel Tucker, okay, fine. I do think there should be some time some time limits. What part of the year can we do this? Yeah, I don't know can you do that. it in you know uh, you shouldn't be able to do it July 18th I guess is my point like yeah. let's 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 figure out what times of the year this could happen and then move from well there. semester typically ends on about May the 15th make it you have until June the 15th yeah I'm to announce your your intention to leave and then you have until December the 15th yeah after a your regular season. season typically ends at Thanksgiving so make it where you have until December the 15th to tell the coaching staff that yeah hey, just I, to declare I'm, your your transfer I, not I'm, to actually pick your school I intend to leave yeah I'm not going to be on scholarship next semester here. My, and then in return, I don't think there should be any limits on where you can go. And for the people that say, well, this is going to create tampering, there's already so much 
Yeah. This has a chance to limit it, but there's always going to be tampering. There's a black market for anything. It is what it is. I mean, let's take Ole Miss's roster. Sure. People use the – and I got into – I felt guilty to it yesterday too. A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf and those guys. Yeah, people tampered them, but that was kind of legal tampering. It was open, open for business. Last season, when it became obvious that at the time, it looked like Matt Luke was going to get another year, and it became obvious that Matt Corral was not the quarterback. Yeah, school's tampered on Matt Corral. School's tampered. Yeah. Now, well, did they camp out outside of the no. Manning Center? No, but man, everybody's got a phone. One in particular that we're very aware of. But they all got phones? Yeah. You get on Instagram, you have a person send a little Twitter's, Twitter DMs are open. Everybody knows a guy who knows a guy, yeah, and suddenly well, you know, it's someone sick. calls a high school coach who calls a family member who calls the kid. I mean, that's technically tampering. Well, look, football is a billion-dollar business. Yes, there's tampering because there's tampers and tampering and everything. You know, I was talking to, I was talking to a college baseball coach, I guess last year, and uh, I was talking about how baseball, which makes none of anywhere near the money of football, and you would, you know, the tampering, you know. Winning is important, but you know what I mean. Like, it's not affecting livelihoods to the fact that football and sure. the, the business and everything else. And he talked about how tampering in the last few years had, had ratcheted up in baseball to the point that it had where you've got this deal where, you know, not just the, hey, now you're having to actually recruit and keep on your kids until they sign, but you're having summer coaches, kind of like AAU, frankly, because of the way these kids are with these travel ball coaches all around. They'll go up to, you know, you, you have a college coach walk up to one of these summer league guys and go, hey, you know, so-and-so over in Florida – Really like that kid you know I'm, I'm not saying i'd take him but you know if, if he became available eh, we might you know what i mean like all of a sudden there's interme- intermediaries constantly in college baseball of well course. if it's like that in college baseball football is exponentially more times a thousand i mean i guarantee you if i were to ask a college basketball coach hey what do you think the transfer market's going to look like on the record oh we we just don't know <laughs> off the record we got a list of 37 names ranked in order yeah 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 <laughs> Where does that come from? I mean, is the Ole Miss staff actively calling other kids at other places and going, hey, what's you're not really happy there at School X, right? Yeah. No, of course not. But yeah. do they know? The Xavier backup point guard, you're not ringing his cell phone. But- the truth is you don't have to tamper. They, they get the information to you. Unhappy kids. Matt Corral instigated some of that last year. Matt Corral checked out his, started checking out his options, as you would, as I would. And like you said, kids who like it, they stay. Happy kids stay. A.J. Brown, cool here. All good. Why? And so someone goes, well, you know, he want to go play for a natty. I'm going to break something to you guys real quick. And I'm, I'm serious here. I think you'll agree. And if you disagree, tell me. Yeah, sure. When you become an NFL prospect and Matt becomes the – conversation that's around you with your family and with the people around you and stuff like that and you're reading your name on the Mel Kuyper draft board you worry less about a natty than you do hey let me make sure I'm in the best possible position to go as high as I can in the draft to make as much money as I can in this game that can end any moment but I just don't think high level kids a a a Benito Jones, okay? Okay. Benito Jones knew last season Ole Miss wasn't going to win a natty. I mean, I think we all, no matter how big of a fan you are, I think we all can agree on that. Yeah, sure. Benito Jones could have picked up the telephone and called some schools that had a chance to win a natty. 
an immediate transfer. They would have taken him. Impact defensive lineman. But why would he do that? Number one, let's say, let's, let's put him on the national champion. Benito Jones calls LSU. Hey, Coach O, I want to come. Come on, Benito. Yeah, sure. All right, now you got to learn a new system. You got to uproot to a different place. You got to compete with pe- people that are already there. If anything goes wrong, your stock falls. Kids don't think like that. He knew he was going to play. He knew he'd be taken care of. He was in a familiar area. And he likes it. He likes it. He's got his friends and all that stuff. And he knew that his he could better control his environment, his NFL stock. Because the NFL doesn't care. Uh, you know, I tell you what, we like that Benito Jones, but Ole Miss went four and eight. No, 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 no. Nope. I just don't think you're going to see – I think what you're going to see more of, frankly, I could end up being wrong. I think the the programs that have a more difficult time recruiting elite players are going to end up benefiting from this. You're going to see more kids go to a Georgia where they sign five five-star linebackers. And the one that figures out, man, I ain't going to play. I, I want to get to the league. I'm not going to play. That kid all of a sudden goes – We'll survey the landscape here. And he looks at two or three other schools that are similar to the one he's at and says they don't have as many linebackers. I'm going to talk to them. That's what's probably going to happen. This is going to be – the reason you see the pushback, I think the pushback is going to come from the Alabamas of the world, the Oklahomas of the world. I think this benefits the Ole Misses and Mississippi States of the world. I do. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. (laughs) I mean – I don't know. I just keep laughing. The whole, the, the whole AJ thing cracks me up. Yeah, he liked where he was. They threw him the ball. I mean, I'm good or whatever. It's all so let's, good. Let's take the Ole Miss again. Yeah. This coming season, let's say that at the end of this spring football, mm-hmm. that John Rice Plumley looks at it and says, "They want me to switch positions. I'm not going to be the quarterback. Why should that kid have to stay or sit a year? Why not be able to transfer to some place where he will play quarterback?" And I think the kids that leave the old misses of the world, I'll give you an example. Let's let's take I'm picking on kids and I shouldn't I'm not picking on kids, I'm just thinking of kids. Let's say uh Kincaid Dent discovers this spring, hey, you know what? I'm going to be third, fourth team and they're bringing in quarterbacks behind me. I could go to Louisiana Monroe and be the starter. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Okay, well, if, if that's what matters to you, and that's fine if it does, he might say, you know what, I'm happy here. I like Ole Miss. I'm from an Ole Miss family, blah, blah, blah. Or he might say, I really want to play college football because I want to show that I think I can play in the league. Why should he have to sit out a year when he's already – he hadn't played yet, when, when, when he could go to Louisiana Monroe or North Texas or whatnot and be the starter right away? Give me one reason that he shouldn't have to do that. And so he goes, well, Ole Miss will be a roster management issue. No, it's not. Because if he were that important to your roster, he'd be higher up the chart. Do you – move serious here. And I think the answer is no because they transfer out anyway. And this gets complicated, so I'm just throwing this out because it's podcast fodder in the last two minutes of the segment. If you have kids transfer along these guidelines where, look, they weren't troublemakers, they stayed in whatever they just chose, do you do some sort of compensatory scholarship addition to the school? 
I wouldn't have an issue with that. I mean, where they get that one on the twenty-five. Now you still got to stay at your eighty-five. We're not going to do that. But do you get an extra spot in that you class? Probably already kind of do. I mean, Lane Kiffin was talking about this at signing day. You yeah. know, they save some spots. Yeah. So they're going to bring in some mid mid year. But you're guys. saving spots off your twenty-five from the last year. Though. Right. I'm saying increase it because of a roster change. I wouldn't have a problem with that. That's going to. It's lead, a little convoluted. That's going to lead to more processing. Hey, so if we process these four kids, I can sign 29 instead okay. of 25? No, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I, nobody is fully utilizing the 85. There's not a program in the country where you go, son of a bitch, man, those guys play 85 scholarship kids every Saturday, yeah, and they no. just depth us to death. That doesn't happen. <laughs> no. I mean, it'd be interesting to go look at LSU and Clemson, the national title game. How many scholarship players played in that game? I don't know the answer. If someone knows it. I would assume the 50-something each. I'm using a using a manufacturing term here more than whatever because I'm not bashing kids, but I would assume most D1 schools, or at least the competitive ones or the the, the top-ranked ones or whatever, their scrap percentage is probably about the same. on un, you know Scholarship yeah. players that aren't actually helping yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. So I'm saying, so I mean, you know, you're not. No one's utilizing the full 85. You want to have them because you want to have more well, margin just, for error. Yeah, it's look. It's just like when somebody goes, "Hey, was Laramie worth two spots?" Yes, Laramie's well, worth five. That's spots. what I'm saying. Like, yeah, so and so is he worth two? Yes, he's worth two. Yeah, because you're going to have bust in every class. There's wasted scholarships. Sure. Of course, of course, there are kids who come in as highly ranked four star players who bust everywhere. Mm-hmm. Pick a school, Purdue, Indiana, Ole Miss, everybody. Kids bust. And kids come sometimes and they're not happy. I, I don't like athletes being treated in a way that the rest – here's my problem with it. And it's always been this way because I used the my, my kid analogy yesterday. And so it's like, well, it's not the same thing. Okay. If it's not the same thing, then let's pay the players. Because when, when these rules were set out years and years and years ago, and tell me if you agree, and if you disagree, tell me I'm an, I'm an idiot. Players, this football wasn't, or baseball or basketball or anything else, wasn't year-round. They had a season. Football players weren't required to be at, at, on campus all summer, working out all summer. They went home, maybe they had a job at home. In fact, that's how a lot of programs cheated. Yeah. You know, maybe you played at Minnesota State, and that summer you worked at the rail yard, in quotes, in Duluth, and you made $27 an hour. Yeah, yeah, And you worked 10 minutes. Yeah. And you hung out in Duluth. Well, you can't do that now. They can't have jobs. They can't have any. So my thing is, I used Campbell as an example. If Campbell called me today and said, Dad, I'm miserable here. I don't, I don't like Arkansas. I don't want to be here anymore. Should she have to sit a year before she can transfer to, say, Louisiana Tech or Mississippi State or go to school at Ole Miss? Why? The answer is no. She, she could finish the semester. You can and, transfer, but you can't take any business classes. Right. You've got to take some other stuff, yeah. and we'll get back to business in a year. Yeah, you can you can transfer, but you can't receive any financial aid for one year, and you can't take any courses towards your major. Yeah, you can take some electives, you can knock those out. Yeah, but no, you cannot take uh, 
marketing yeah. or data analysis. Yeah. Nope, got to wait a year. That's insane. Yeah. Why we why do we do that with with athletes? Yeah. I mean, anybody goes well. It's a multi million dollar business. Okay. Then pay them. Yeah. If you want to hold them to a different standard than you hold the the traditional student, well then pay them. And someone goes, well, they're on scholarship. Well, a, a kid on academic scholarship can transfer to another school and go on scholarship immediately. Continue in one second. First, tell you about G&M Pharmacy there on South Lamar in Oxford. Also, Tyson Drugs on the Square in Holly Springs, 662-236-2222. Flu season still here. You can get flu vaccines available with Zuidar copay on most insurance plans. You have to wait in line with overworked pharmacists at the chain drugstores. Instead, stop by one of the locally owned pharmacies where they have multiple pharmacies available dedicated to get you in and out as quickly and painlessly as possible. They also deliver locally in the Oxford area to your home or workplace. Again, with G&M, that's 662-236-2222. Rebel fans, renew your football season tickets by March 31st. So secure your seats in the vault this season. Tickets start at just $199. Can be purchased by visiting OleMissTix.com. The Ole Miss baseball team is uh, back at Swayze coming off and uh, opening weekend series win over Louisville. They'll be hosting um, Xavier this weekend for a three-game series beginning uh, February the 21st at 4 p.m. General admission tickets are available by visiting OleMissTix.com. The Ole Miss women's hoops team is back in the pavilion on Thursday. As they host Kentucky at 7 p.m., you can get tickets at OleMissTix.com. And then the men's hoops team back in the pavilion on Saturday. That's February the 22nd at 7.30 as they host the Alabama Crimson Tide for Space Jam Night. Tickets remain and can be purchased by visiting OleMissTix.com. We'll be dropping a Mind on Your Money podcast later today. It's brought to you by Pinnacle Trust. Pinnacle Trust based in Madison, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states as well. Founded in 1997, Pinnacle Trust provides detailed specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and so much more. They treat investing like a commodity, and decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. So regardless of your level of wealth, Pinnacle Trust will sit down with you, listen to your goals, study your expenses, and put forth a comprehensive, detailed financial and retirement plan that's built just for you. It's Pintrust.com. P-I-N-N trust.com. Mention you heard about Pinnacle Trust on the podcast. You'll get 10% off your first year's fee. We're also brought to you by Nest and Wild. Nest and Wild mattresses. You can sleep better on a Nest and Wild mattress. It's Mississippi-based mattress company making a high-quality mattress delivered right to your door. They make buying a new mattress easy. Every Nest and Wild mattress is one foot thick. They're all American-made from the twin size to the California King and, uh, they are a phenomenal price value. We're going to throw in a podcast discount to make it even better. And it's a no-risk decision. Nest and Wild believes in their product so much, they're offering a 99-night trial on every mattress. So try it out. Sleep on it for 99 nights. And if you don't like it, you can return it. Go to nestandwild.com. Order your mattress. Use the podcast code REBEL20. That's REBEL20. And get 20% off your purchase. It'll arrive at your door in three to five days. And we're brought to you by Southern Craft Stove and Tap. They've got your pregame and pre-concert needs covered. 
It's whether you're headed to Oxford for the Rebels SEC basketball slate or baseball slate or to Tupelo for one of the many events at Bancorp South Arena. Make sure you get your event started off right with a visit to Southern Craft. Conveniently located off Highway 7 and Sisk Avenue in Oxford and at 205 East Troy Street in Tupelo. Southern Craft has all your Southern favorites ready to serve your hunger needs. So drop in, enjoy a curated cocktail or one of the many craft beers on tap. Also, don't forget about their catering. From private events to catering in for your staff at work, Southern Craft has your catering needs covered with a meal everyone is sure to love. So make your day crafty at Southern Craft Stove and Tap. Podcast is brought to you by In-House Interior and Design. Remember, $20, 20%, not $20, 20% off to anyone who secures services, including commission or one-of-a-kind artwork, design services, new furniture, new lighting fixtures and lamps, rugs, remodeling, maybe one room to complete a house. Uh, they have two contractors, full crews available to make something that you need potentially for a gift, even for that uh, special someone in your life. It's a little different and uh, can cost less than maybe that David Yerman Louis Vuitton that you're looking at for that person. You also get a uh, 20% off uh, dorm room assignments as they're, uh, they're doing those right now to, uh, to decorate dorm rooms. First 10 people that take advantage of that can get that discount there within house interior design. 662-681-6241 over 30 years of combined experience with Nikki and Ashley. So take advantage of that. They're also in Tupelo on Main Street. They're inside Sugar Magnolia to take a look at some of the uh, the dorm options. That's booth 34 inside Sugar Magnolia. So again, 662-681-6241. Um, uh, yeah, I saw a thing on the live stream earlier who Alcorn State is throwing today. I have no idea, and I don't care. Um, let's see. It's harsh. I, I don't. It's 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 a game that, I, frankly, I don't like them playing. It just it doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, You're playing a team with the RPI when it's over of about 300. It's not going to be good. I mean, they're they're I think they're okay for a swag team, but it it, it it's yeah. Whatever. Um, Xavier, any good? Beat Memphis two out of three over the weekend. Beat who? Memphis two out of three over oh. the weekend. So it might be okay. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Alcorn just. I mean, again, spending forty five seconds on this. They uh they beat Prairie View eleven to five. They lost to Southern eight to three, and they beat Pine Bluff thirteen to seven. Um, so they're already in SWAT games. No, it was the Andre Dawson Classic in New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, the Hawk. Uh yeah they pl- they appear to well hold on a second though their schedule is really strange. Uh, they probably have a hard time scheduling. I say it's not SWAT games, and surely it's not, but those teams are not on their regular season schedule. But they only played them once. I don't understand what's going on here. Aren't they in the SWAT? Yeah. Aren't they? Yeah, of course. Alcorn, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. They've got three with Valley State. They play Southern once on May the 6th. Southern of Louisiana. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, they play Grambling once. Grambling's still in the SWAC, right? Yeah. They play Alabama State three times. They're they play, in the SWAC. Yeah. They play Alabama A&M three times. Yeah. They're in the SWAC. They play Jackson State three times. They play Valley State three more times over the course of a weekend. They play Florida A&M three times, which is, they're in the MEAC. They're not in the SWAC. They play Alabama State three times. They play Alabama A&M another three times. It, huh. It's it's all over the place. Okay. But that's why their RPI is whatever. They're, I mean, I don't know how many games are on this thing. I'll guess 45. 35 of them are against either SWAC or MEAC teams. I mean, yeah. you just can't build an, you can't build anything. 
hard to get teams to play you because it's such a potential landmine on a roster on a, on a schedule. Yeah, like they've got. I'm looking at teams that are relevant. Um, they play UNO one time. I'll even kind of count that, even though not really. I don't even think UNO's D1 anymore. Oh, really? I don't think so. Didn't they? Didn't they fall down after Katrina? Ah. I'll look at that in a second. I, maybe they're back, but I feel like at one point they fell out of D1. Um, they play State. Play Nichols a couple times. Yeah, it's just, it's, they play Tougaloo. Play McNeese. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, not much there. Your team like Ole Miss or Mississippi State, it's just a, such a risk to play them. State went to Jackson State last year, year before. Really? Played a game down there. To try to recruit that area and stuff, yeah, I'm sure. I'm just doing fact. What Jackson State's a really well run program. They typically will play SEC schools and are pretty competitive sometimes. Yeah, I think it was kind of a reward too. Hey, you've been good. Well Yeah. You know. That's cool. Because look, that's I mean, some of those lower levels, especially some swag schools, I mean, you don't know if rosters are updated half the time. You don't know if schedules are like the ones that actually run it really well. Yeah, I, I get I get rewarding them and trying to keep playing them and and, and and doing that. When I was a kid, we went to Grambling a few times because the Yankees would come play a game as they broke camp. They would play a game at Grambling because George Steinbrenner and Eddie Robinson were friends. Oh, really? Yep. That's kind of neat. I saw the yeah, I saw the Yankees play at Grambling. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's not bad. So anyway, I, look, I don't know. Um, the the hope for Ole Miss, and I again, they might have flamethrowers. I highly doubt it. You hope some kid for Alcorn's at least throwing in the mid eighties, so your timing's not all screwed up today. You don't you don't need that game where that kid gets in there and he's throwing seventy six miles an hour. And that's going, his fastball. Yeah, and you're going, oh my god! Like I just you know that's that's the problem. Which yeah. that's some of the issue too. Pitchers, okay, they've got to locate, but offensive players, you can't evaluate this thing tonight. You just got to play the game and move on with your day. I mean, you can't go. Hey, I'm going to put so and so in center field and so and so at third base, and we're going to see in this midweek game what he can do. No, 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 you're not. If he hits it, he hits it. If he doesn't hit it, I don't care either. Right. I mean, it's it's because they're going to the be one, the one thing you can get out of a game like this is that you can work on your approach to the game. That hey, we we you can't be asleep every midweek. Midweeks matter, especially if you lose them. Yeah, good point. Swack has a ton of schools. You can't play them all. I guess that is true, but I don't know. It's still, I don't know. Still a weird schedule. Yeah. Because you're playing some of them twice. Well, if you played them twice, you played the other team once. I'm pretty sure that's how that can work. But anyway. I grew up five minutes from a Swack school, so I saw a lot of them. Do what now? I grew up five minutes from a Swack school. I saw a lot of Swack schools. Yeah, read Ole, a lot about Swack. Ole Miss plays Pine Bluff a pretty good bit. They play Jackson State a pretty good bit. And then the last two years they played Alcorn. I guess Alcorn was the team they threw the, part, the no-hitter against last year in like seven innings or something. They beat them a lot to nothing. I don't know. It was, it was I don't know. like some weird combined no-hitter thing. I, I kind of had a hard time making a ton out of it just because of what it what it, what, what it was. Um, credit to the Alcorn uh, State site. It said, uh, their headline this morning, Braves to face stiff test against number 17 Ole Miss. That's probably accurate. Um, that's kind of strange. Alcorn State did not use Ole Miss's highest ranking um, in their in their preview. It doesn't matter at all. I'm just Who are you using now? Is it Baseball I'm using, America? Uh, no, I'm using D1Baseball.com. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah, I'm using D1Baseball.com. I referenced both on Friday because I wasn't sure. Yeah, um, I followed essentially Aaron when he left Baseball America to D1 and just continued to, especially since Kendall's there too. That makes all the sense in the world. I mean, nothing against Teddy, Teddy Cahill and his guys. It's it, That was a no-brainer. 
he tweeted about it last night or two nights ago. Got a little bit of uh, back and forth. Aaron, uh, and I mean, I, I drink tons of coffees and I'm in press boxes all the time. As much as he's in press boxes, Aaron had never used a Keurig until Sunday in in, in No, Oxford. really? Had never used a Keurig. He he said he doesn't really drink coffee. You know, he, he lives some part of the year in Boston. And I said, you don't drink coffee up there like in the winter when it's cold or whatever? And he's like, ah, he's like, I might get an iced coffee. But just, he goes, hot beverages are not really, really? my thing. And he, so I'm, I'm sitting in my seat and he walks up to me and he's got a cake up in his hand. He goes, can you tell me what to do with this? Oh, wow. <laughs> I kind of looked at it. I'm like, what do you mean? He goes like, do I poke hole? I'm like, no, 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 stop. And we went back and did it or whatever. And his, uh, his wife was tweeting and making fun of him, uh, when he returned because she said that he's in press boxes all his life and he'd never actually used a cake up before. But, um, yeah, a little bit of thing there that I just would, you know, would whatever. Uh yeah, I do expect Mike to play a bunch of dudes tonight. Just a bunch of dudes. Well, frankly, because they lost, they lost a game last night. I, I thought losing that midweek terrain yesterday was somewhat important. They needed to get some dudes some innings. They need to see some more offensive stuff. And frankly, Arkansas State's not a bad team. That that would have been a good game for Ole Miss last night. I thought that was a that was a bad rain out from a scheduling standpoint. Weather got weird. It was. They probably could have played. Probably could have played. It got windy. They canceled early for them. That was not. That's not a. Well, it typical might have been thing. that deal of hey, we don't want to drive over there and yeah, then their coach get, calls and goes, "Do we really need to go on the bus or not? What's up? Yeah, are we are we positive? And if I get it, and if the answer is no, we're not positive. Let's play in April at six thirty. Be a little warmer. Be yeah, all right. Let's, yeah, let's, I mean, I totally understood it. They could have gotten it in, but if I'm Arkansas State and I'm looking at the weather. I got, I got a two-hour and 45-minute drive. What are we doing? Yeah, I don't want to get there. I don't want to get to Oxford and then have to wait two hours to start the game or not get the game in or only get part of the game in, and, and then I got to go back. That's a lost day. And it's lost money. It costs money to operate mm-hmm. a bus. And I get it. That was that was smart. That was, you know, later in the season, maybe you, you, you push that a little bit. But on February, the whatever yesterday was, that makes sense. But what it does is instead of Greer getting Arkansas State last night, he gets Alcorn tonight. Again, you just want to see him. You want to accumulate some innings there. I would assume Drew McDaniel pitches some tonight. Taylor, Taylor Broadway probably needs an inning tonight. Mike can kind of set the set the staff tonight as he as yeah. he needs it. I expect I kind of expect like three, two, one, 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 maybe something along those lines. Uh, just guessing. I have no idea. He might look at me and go, "No, Greer's going to throw ninety eight pitches," but. What that, do you think? That would be my hunch is something like three two one 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 or uh, whatever it uh whatever it is. I realize that Jonesboro is not that far away. The point is is that it's still a time thing. You don't want to load the kids up on a bus and get to Oxford to find out that you're not gonna be able to play the game because the weather deteriorated, is my point. And then you have to go back and it costs money and you've got to feed them and all that stuff. You're just better off going, screw it, let's we we can do this another time. Because they res- they found a date to reschedule immediately. Yeah. They don't have a uh, – Arkansas State did not have another midweek game. They go to UNO this week. So, UNO must be back in D1 now because of uh, the way this thing works. Uh, Arkansas State beat Stephen F. Austin two out of three over uh, over the weekend. Yeah, and UNO is actually in the Southland. I did not realize that. Yeah, they're in the Southland. So, they're in with Sam Houston and Lamar and Northwestern State. they were always State. with, right? Well, see, I thought they fell out for a little while. I thought their uh, program de-emphasized after Katrina for a few years. I may be wrong. I just remember UNO from when I was a kid going to Louisiana Tech games. UNO was in their league, and Tech was in the Southland. Well, they're st- yeah, they're definitely in the Southland because that's it's Selah, Incarnate Word, McNeese. Oh, Incarnate Word. I never saw them. 
Never saw Incarnate Word. No, it was always when I was a kid. It was Tech. Apparently, and, Houston Baptist is in this. Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was Tech Abilene Christian and UTA, which is now North Texas. No, no, it's not. No, Texas Arlington. It was North Texas and UTA and Lamar and uh, USL, which is now Louisiana Lafayette. Actually, wasn't a terrible league. The South one's not a bad league. For that for that saw, level, it's pretty good. I saw right. Carl Malone and Joe Dumars on the same floor. Pretty good. Pretty high level hoops. Um Sam Houston State made a uh, regional final against Ole Miss in two thousand seven. Yeah. That's who they played to 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 get out of that. The coach was the former guy that was at A and M forever. I can't remember his name, top of my head, but anyway. Um I have useless stupid knowledge. It is what it is. So whatever. Uh let's see. What else we got? What else is going on? I feel like I had a couple things from your mailbag I was going to point out, and now I don't recall what they were. Um, about manscaping. I gave that a legitimate that answer. not what I was going to uh, to hit on today, but sure. Feel the... Nice. I answered the question. You did answer the question. I, I skimmed yeah. it. I skimmed the whole thing this morning. Yeah. I, don't, I don't begrudge anyone who manscapes. Whatever makes you feel good, man. That was an interesting question. If you had $500 every month to spend on yourself, how would you do it? I don't really know. I actually did think that was a pretty interesting question. That is a good question. Because like, you'd have to take golf stuff out of my equation, make me really think about it, and do something that was whatever. I mean, the answer is I'd go buy a pair of Blue Delta jeans every month. Oh, well. You know, of course. I mean, you could stock up and be done for life after yeah. just a little bit. Yeah. Lifetime warranties, free alterations. You gain a little, you lose a little. Yeah. I mean, that's right the up. answer. Kind of missed a... A layup there, Mr. McCready. Well, I mean, I was just looking at it right now. You could get the uh, duck canvas. You could a pair of those. I still want the honeycombs, the ones that Chris Bryant has, the the navy yeah. honeycomb pattern. I think that's still the one I'm trying to to to, to gather next. Chris Bryant can wear anything, but until you get up on them, you can't tell they're weird, right? And I mean, weird in a good way. I mean, they they, they look just like navy pants from any kind of distance, and then you get up on them, you're like, oh, that's textured and yeah. kind of different. Yeah. And, Chris Bryant's a pretty good-looking dude. He I mean, there was of, only a couple pair they've thrown at me that I went, yeah, no, can't pull those off. Nope, nope, yeah. nope, 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 nope. It's like when they had their, their five-year anniversary party that day. It's like, okay, we're going to do some seersucker or some sort of linen or something. And I looked a couple of them and went, no, yeah. I'm not, I'm, I'm, uh-uh, can't I'm do always it. a little intimidated when I see someone like him wearing something because I think I, he could pull off a paper sack. I, I got I gotta well, to. Like they sell a ton of camo, and like I'd have no prayer pulling off the camo. Uh-uh. I'd look so stupid. AK wore the camo okay. Um, Did he really? Yeah, AK wears the camo all right. Yeah, yeah, I've seen AK a couple times in the camo. But. By the way, I got I to gotta get something off my chest here. Okay, sure. This deal of AK can't call an Ole Miss game, we got to get past this because the Barry Booker's D- Damian Fishback commentary, there's no way the league can't do better. It was bad. Oh, we got to be able to do better than this. You can't tell me there's nobody out there who can broadcast a game better, who can provide better analysis. I mean, I know because I've listened to Andy. But they're not letting him do Ole Miss games. Apparently not. It's really dumb. Yeah, it's insane. Come on, he's not the coach anymore. He's, it's all good. And it's been a year. It's been two Even years. if you felt the need to. Well, it's been two years since he was the coach because he stepped down in February. Yeah, that's true. 24 months. And he'd be a professional. Yeah, duh. He'd tell some stories, have a good time. Well, like last night. Andy knows Kermit really well. He knows Conzo really well. He would have been able to get insight into both of could the have programs. Given a ton of Bree and Tyree stuff. Yeah, I mean, we could have, could have learned a lot instead of oh, just brutal. Yeah, 
Bro, I mean, seriously, if, if I know, and I hear people say, oh, well, I muted it. I'm be honest, the college game is officiated in such a way that it is so stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. There's no flow. That if you don't have a rooting interest, I don't know how you watch it. And I'm not criticizing. I'm, I'm, I'm not the only person saying this. It has no flow. And then they make calls on, I'll give you an example. The kid, you didn't watch it. The big, tall, white kid from Missouri that had a breakout game last night. Yeah. Has a dunk on an offensive rebound. And they call over the back. They said he went over the back on Hadim C. He didn't go over the back. That wasn't a good call. That didn't, he didn't go over the back to make the play. It's just, let the game go. That would have created, it, it took away, because the play started to buzz a little bit. Let's get, Get a little atmosphere going. That's what makes college sports fun. Even when you have, you know, average teams, if there's some atmosphere in the building. It stops and starts so much the crowd can't get into it. The kids can't get into it. It gets no flow at all. Mm-hmm. Brutal. <clears throat> Podcast brought to you part by Mastercuts Lawn and Landscape from Lawn Care throughout northern Mississippi. They also do custom playgrounds, retaining walls, pool decks, any outdoor living space that you can dream up with paper patios, forestry mulching, and more of the Patrick Dream Backyard easier than you think. You can visit them online at GoMasterCuts.com for a free quote. Or that same free quote at 662-607-7773. That's GoMasterCuts.com. Uh, we mentioned Blue Delta Jeans. They're excited uh, to announce the return of the Duck Canvas. Longtime Blue Delta Jeans clients will remember this durable, long-lasting fabric. It's back in stock by popular demand very soon. In Canyon Brown, Green, Gray, and Navy at 10 and a half ounces. This Georgia milled fabric will provide you with the ultimate American-made pant that is nearly unbreakable. For more information or to place your order today, go to BlueDeltaJeans.com or reach out to Blue Delta Jeans on social media at Blue Delta Jeans. We're also brought to you by the Iron Horse Grill. Iron Horse Grill specializes in on-site large event catering for up to 250 people and off-site full catering services, especially beverage catering. If you're planning a birthday party, a graduate celebration, a rehearsal dinner, or a wedding reception, you want to be able to enjoy the moment, and the Iron Horse Grill is your answer. It's a one-stop shop for beverage services for a 250- to 500-person wedding or even a 3,500-person gala. The Iron Horse Grill is one of the largest beverage caterers in Mississippi. It can service the entire state. So call Sarah Black at 601-398-398. 0151 for your catering needs. Knock that off your worry list and let the Iron Horse Grill make your event one that is memorable forever. Don't just accept what you see, but imagine something new. Step forward and chase after a better version of yourself. Every day, Corinth Dental is helping people reinvent themselves one smile at a time. Dr. Bubba McQueen and Dr. Jenny Beth Hendrick are devoted to restoring and enhancing the natural beauty of your smile using conservative state-of-the-art procedures, including Invisalign. These clear aligners are the virtually invisible way to improve your smile. Call Corinth Dental today for a no-cost digital scan of your teeth and let them show you the way to a straighter, healthier smile 12 months, no interest, no down payment financing available at CorinthDental.com. And we are brought to you by Splinter Creek. It's a gated conservation community located eight miles southwest of Oxford, 75 minutes from the Memphis airport. SplinterCreekMS.com is the website. Call 601-898-2772 to schedule a tour with Tom Smith Land and Homes Agents 
if you're coming up this weekend for baseball, for basketball, for both, you're thinking about moving to Oxford, you're thinking about retiring to Oxford, you owe it to yourself to look at Splinter Creek. 34 lakefront lots ranging in size from 2 to 25 acres, 650 acres of lakes, pine, and hardwood forest, 6 miles of private roads, well-maintained running, cycling, and hiking trails, a preserve for turkey and deer. Uh, the, the lakes are the uh, main streets of Splinter Creek. Each one has a combination of decks, docks, floating piers, a pavilion and fire pit, outdoor kitchen. Um, the lakes were built for swimming, quiet boating, and fishing. They're professionally maintained. You really owe it to yourself to check this out if Oxford is a possible uh, retirement destination for you. SplinterCreekMS.com. Speaking of uh, Blue Delta, I was talking to Blake last night, and uh, the bastardization of cocktails uh, continues. He's, he's in Chicago this week, and uh, oh yeah, so he was in a bar um, in Old Town Chicago, and they had an old fashioned of the day last night. So he inquired, was curious what it was. Ready for this? Not really, but go ahead. A raspberry chocolate no. old fashioned. And I said, that's, oh, not, oh, that, that's I, not an old fashioned. I said, I need help. Tell me what we're doing here. And he goes, Oh, I did the investigation. A red rye, whatever that is, I have no clue. Okay. Chocolate bitters, okay. raspberry puree. Nope. And then they use lemon zest on the rim of the glass. Nope. What is that? An abomination. I mean, I guess they would argue that it is still technically sugar, bitters, and a whiskey. But. Yeah, but it's puree. Well, yeah. So if you flavored a simple syrup to give it a little raspberry flavor... Okay. Okay. Yeah. Stop, but okay. Yeah. But if you put the puree in, now you're getting into the This fruit is more muddling. of the people that use syrups and honeys and that kind of yeah. stuff in it. Did they not Again, some... you don't like it old-fashioned. You are right. making a different drink. Did they put some soda in there just for fun? He did not say that. He said it doesn't need more. It's already got puree and chocolate bitters, which I'm already kind of. Yeah. Chocolate bitters sound very medicinal. Like. Yeah. Like kind of, I don't know, something something not right there. I mean, you can change up your old-fashioned a little, and I'm okay with it, but that's at some point it's not an old-fashioned, and you don't like an old-fashioned, and that's okay. No one, no one's putting a gun to your head and saying you have to like an old-fashioned. You don't. There's some people that don't like a Sazerac. They don't like the absinthe. The licorice taste. And that's okay. You're free to not like it. Is there a very traditional cocktail that you just don't like that most people do? Unfortunately, no. You take them all? Pretty much. I mean, I'm never going to order a martini somewhere. And I'm not a big gin person. I'm not going to so. order a martini, but I like it. I'm not going to order it. Why wouldn't you order it then? There's not a martini mood for you. Right. I'll give you an example. Okay. I'm sure. never going to order salmon at a restaurant. I'm never going to wake up and say, you know what I want today? Salmon. See, I love salmon. But if I have salmon, I typically like it. Yeah. I'm 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 a But big I never wake fan. up going, I want salmon. I like uh I'm with you. I, I if I'm gonna have a martini, I prefer a vodka martini no doubt. to a gin. I yeah. I don't typically like a lot of gin, yet I say that, and then I had the Wonderbird gin, it's which good. I actually like straight. It's good, and then the I've told you this, the dark Bristow yeah. from Cathead is excellent. Just cold rocks yeah. over glass. It's got a kind of a mini flavor. It's fantastic. 
Okay, that's fair. Because a lot of times if I want a martini from the standpoint of, hey, I want a strong, whatever, older Manhattan, because I'm just more of a bourbon guy or a yeah. rye guy, so give me yeah, a Manhattan sure. and I'll, I'll let that be It's very it similar. Is. It's a bourbon martini. Yeah, what of course. It is. Yeah. Got a little vermouth. It's got whatever. It's fine. Drink what you like. I'm reading from the thread here. If you want if you want to do Blanton's and Coke, have at it. Do Go Blanton's it. and Coke. It's a free country. I think you can find the same profile in a cheaper bourbon to save you some money, but whatever. It's all right. Did you see where Rod Blagojevich got out of prison yesterday? What did he do? He was uh, his sentence was commuted by the president. Oh yeah, sorry. I thought you meant he did something once he got out of. I thought you were telling no, me. No, he was story. on a plane because someone was like, "I'm on a plane," and he's on my plane, and they took a picture of him. Well, that's kind of weird. Isn't that crazy? He was in a middle seat. Was so it really? It was, a, it was a late ticket. Got out of prison and yeah. back into prison. It was a late ticket. It's probably the happiest human being alive to ever be in a middle seat. Yeah, he was like, hey, I don't hate all great. I'll, go, I'll sit wherever you want me to sit. He'd have been fine with that dude punching the back of his chair for three and a half Yeah, he'd have been like, chocolate bitters, I in. In. Why not? Yeah, whatever yeah. alcohol you got up there, I've had it. God, what do you do the first night you're out of jail in eight years? You're eating a meal and then just happy to be sleeping in somewhere that's yeah. not that, I not, think. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're not, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to a rave, but no, just, no, you don't want to do anything that gets you in trouble. Yeah, you just want a good meal and go to sleep, probably, right? Yeah, let's get some really good pasta. Let's get a steak. Let's yeah. let's let's do something that's not whatever it is I've been I've I've, I've been eating. I don't know. Um, Colonel Rebel two thousand says, speaking of salmon or trout, smoked then seared will change your outlook. Then seared. Okay. Okay. I like trout. I don't know that I can identify that taste. Just thinking about yeah, it. Yeah, I'm not particularly good at cooking it because I don't have enough experience. We eat a lot of salmon. We eat a lot of grouper. Um, if I trust it, I eat a lot of tuna out places. Yeah, but you um, got to trust. it. I got to trust it. It can get. <laughs> I love grouper. One, uh, it's one of the things when we lived in in um, on the coast, basically in Alabama, we lived down in Spanish Fort. You could get in Mobile. You could get grouper fresh every day, caught that day, mm-hmm. and it was good. Because I like the texture of grouper a lot. And we love tuna. You get spoiled down there where you can get tuna that was caught that day. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly you're getting tuna that's been flash frozen, caught in Vietnam six <laughs> months ago. Sent over on the boat. Yeah, and you're like, no, nah, it's just not the same thing. Because then it's got that weird taste to it. If you've ever had fresh tuna, which is so freaking good. Yeah, it's a... It's the only thing I miss about that part of the country, living down there. Is the seafood? I miss this the being able the access to fresh seafood, not in restaurants but like yeah, at yeah, a yeah. market. Yeah, where it was, where you're really, taking the salmon, the grouper, and throwing it on the grill. And oh, doing I mean, you would get tuna. Day. You just sear it for thirty seconds on each side and serve it with a little like lettuce and a little lemon vinaigrette, Man. and you're good to go. And some bread. It's fantastic. That good. It's fantastic. In the summertime, I mean, that's what you do. You'd like the grill. You wouldn't even marinate it. Salt and pepper. Brush a little olive oil so it wouldn't stick. Yeah, right, yeah. And get your grill hot. Sear, 30 seconds, flip it, 30 seconds, take it off, put it on a bed of greens, drizzle like a whatever vinaigrette you like. Yeah, I like yeah. a lemon vinaigrette. Take your, take your flavor. Fantastic. Get some fresh bread. Awesome. I miss that. I don't miss perpetual summer, but I miss that. <laughs> that was good. 
You get you, you get grouper that was caught that day. You go to a market at four o'clock in the afternoon. And the grouper been caught at noon. Are you a king cake guy? I don't hate it. You know, it's fine. Just carnival season. I'm curious. Yeah, I mean, I like it. I mean, I don't. Again, it's it does nothing for me. It's nothing, nothing I wake up and go, you know what I really want this morning is king cake. That's never going to happen. The texture nor the flavor does anything for me. Yeah, I like it fine. It's like a cinnamon roll, sort of. Kind of. Well, I don't like cinnamon rolls, though. Well, you know what's funny is I'm not a big, like, Campbell and Caroline and I went to breakfast. It, really, it wasn't really brunch because it was like 8.45, 9 o'clock in the morning on Sunday. And it was the first time I'd eaten breakfast since August. Mm-hmm. And everybody was raving about the pancakes at this place. Um, I wish I could think of the name of the place because it was really good. But I got an omelet, and I was glad. I don't really like super sweet stuff in the mornings. I much prefer savory. Oh, uh, an omelet is my favorite breakfast food. If I had to Prelude, eat breakfast every day, is yeah, it's, I just want an omelet. I'm 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 good. If you're ever in Fayetteville, Prelude is really good. It's a small place though, and if you get there, if you don't get there pretty early, it's it's a pretty significant wait. But it was really good. The food was delicious. I'd much rather have a waffle than a pancake. Yeah. Not even close. Yeah, no no doubt. Rather have the waffle. Um, and if you're going to do one, a New Orleans kind of dessert thing, give me the the Kringle at Christmas mm-hmm. from Haydell's. Um, hazelnut, basically Nutella kind of stuff yep. over the, uh, the pastry dough, big ring thing. Just fantastic. I do it's like just, some damn Nutella, man. That's what, yeah, I think so. that's one of your things. Nutella's really... in our house, and there, there's some late nights when I'm like, God, I could just eat half a tub of that right now, and I have to avoid it because that yeah. stuff's that stuff. It's there's no telling what your body does with all that sugar. Well, and it's hard to go. Hey, I'm gonna have one spoonful of Nutella. Well, yeah, it's kind of like a potato chip. You're gonna you're, you're gonna gonna start. You know what would be good is potato chips dipped in Nutella. You get the salt sweet. That'd be pretty good. I think so. Yep. On that note, we'll uh, close. I have no way to segue my, uh, my, out of that. My omelet had sweet potato in it. I'm good. And it was a little sweet, but it was really good. I'm pretty basic. No, I'm good. It's fine. Well, the guy said, what do you recommend? He goes, I'd recommend this. It was like goat cheese and sweet potato and some sort of like a chicken sausage. It was really good. It was delicious. I don't know that I would have ordered it necessarily again, but it was really well done. And they had like these hash browns that were phenomenal. Back tomorrow with another uh, episode of the show. Again, Ole Miss, Alcorn State, 4 p.m. today at Swayze Field. And uh, stay locked in at RebelGrub.com. Talk to you tomorrow.